he asked me, do you want, do you want to go play catch with the football today? And I was like, I was like, sure, why not? So we go out, we're playing catch with the football. And I don't even really realize until he's starting running some routes out in like left center on the scoreboard, they made it say, welcome back, Kevin Pawecki, like Cleveland misses you. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it either, I swear. It was like, guys were like, you got to go out and check out the scoreboard. And I was like, no way. You guys are messing with me. And sure, sure as shit. Yeah, it's up there. I was like, oh boy. That's good. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 183 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And, oh, it's been a while since we said hello to this sucker. I mean that in the most positive way possible. That would be Austin Edges of the Pittsburgh Pirates, who is having a spring training down in the state of Florida for the first time ever. Are you? That's where all the retirees hang out. You're not retired, are you? <laughs> it's making me think about it. Yeah. They live the life. Everyone just golfs every day, cruising around. It's weird. It's different. It's different. We got a. I got. We got this like golf pond, like right on our balcony where we're staying. And there's just this one crocodile that just swims up and down, just like <laughs> letting you know. Don't even think about it. It's, yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. Let's not do that because I have read. I mean, it happens like twice a week down in Florida where somebody gets too close to the pond and then that's it. It's over. We saw a lady the other day, just like she saw the alligators going right up to the water, taking pictures of it. And like, you know, like I, I didn't know if I, like, is it, is it wrong of me that like, I kind of sneaky wish she got eaten. Like I feel like she deserved it. <laughs> what would happen if you saw that? I mean, it would be, I mean, I would go save her, I think, but no, you wouldn't. I'd be, yeah, I, I think I would, if I'm standing and looking, I think I have to. No, no. Wait a second. No, no, it's over. It is over. That's true. But like, if I could, are you like morally obligated to go like, I don't know, yell at the alligator? Maybe it'll listen. Right. Because that'll happen. So what, okay, let's play this out. Okay. You see said stupid person go up to the pond gets grabbed, let's say just the leg at first. So rest of body is flailing all over. So you think there's still a shot. There's a sh- there's, that's a shot. You got a shot with that, right? Okay, but what do you do? Do you what do you grab your four iron, a knife? What, what do you do? I think I gotta go run to the person and like maybe grab the arm, like help like pull. Do you think that is the alligator capable of like Stop eating her and then switch to me. Is oh, that God? Like, yes. You see really? How quick those things are. Yeah, I mean, not in person yet. They don't look fast. Maybe that's. Maybe I need to watch some more videos. So yeah, you're I'm saying sorry. I got no shot? I got. I can't save someone, and I should just sit there and watch and laugh at them. No, no, no. I didn't say you should laugh. Even though you were the one who said, you know. Am I bad if there's a little part of me that says I wanted to see him eaten? Like, I would never have thought of that, but. Well, I mean, you you know, when you're watching someone take a photo right in front of the alligator, it's like, I feel like you deserve to at least get bit because you're so stupid. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Okay. We're clear. Uh, Now that you're on, you've switched teams a couple of times, right? You got traded mid-season in 2020. Then in the offseason, you sign a free agent deal, one-year deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
when you walk into a new clubhouse, it's spring training. Cause this is the first time you've had to do that now. Um, what do you, what do you do? Do you introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Austin. Do you wear name tags? How's that work? That's a good question, Chris. Cause it's like, no, I'm, I know I've told you this before. Like I'm not, I'm not an extrovert. I'm extremely introverted. Once I get comfortable with people, then it seems like I'm extroverted, but it's like just kind of like some craziness comes out of the introvert. So like when I go like new organization, like going to a clubhouse, like I'm not the one introducing myself and I'm terrible with names. So I'm going up to people and oh, I feel so bad. Like I just, I, they tell me their name and it goes in, in one ear, out the other. And like, I've tried to explain this to people too. Cause like, I, it, it's not as bad as I think because we're so similar. Everybody in a baseball clubhouse is really, really similar. Like they're, you know, not just, not just how they are, but how they look like baseball players. A lot of baseball players look like baseball players so that we all kind of look the same and we all like the same things. We all talk about the same things. So like, it's tough to meet new people when everybody kind of has the same things on their mind and has the same, you have the similar conversations. And so, I don't know. I feel like I've kind of had that realization and it makes it pretty hard to, to get to know new people until you like really, really try uh, to at least listen to what people call them. Because that's the other thing that like, I'm not Austin. No one calls me Austin. So like, I don't, what am I going to go introduce myself? I'm not gonna be like, Hey, I'm hog. Like, that's just weird. <laughs> so like, you know, like if someone comes up to me, like, you know, like Kevin, Kevin doesn't go by Kevin. No one calls him Kevin. It's like, it's KP, that's PLA. It's like, it's whatever. So even learning your name doesn't even really matter because then it's weird. Like if someone comes up like, hey, Austin, how you doing today? I'm like, that's not my name. Why'd you call me that? Okay. By the way, we will be having PLA, KP, or Kevin join us a little bit later so that we can hang out with a pair of Buckos catchers. Uh, what does your wife call you? Babe. We're babe and babe. I mean, she very rarely calls me Austin. I think she calls me Austin if she's mad at me. Ooh. We don't hear that that often, though, do we? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> um, okay, so you played a game earlier today. Is it vino time? You're drinking wine? What are we having? It's vino time. I got a, I got a glass of Camus. It's delicious. You gotta, you gotta reward yourself for doing. For doing the thing that you're that you work so hard to do. And you know, it doesn't matter how it went. You 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 did you did the you did the thing that you wanted to do and you, you know, for me it's like whether that's spring training of the season, you started and you played in a big league game and it happened. And it's pretty freaking cool, man. It's super cool and it's nice to like during the season, I'll uh, you know. Uh, like last year, Maley and I, our thing was whoever caught uh, the guy that didn't catch brings over a beer and we just we just have one beer. You know, uh, my my days of getting getting super drunk after all the games are, are long gone. But a nice cold beer is like. Mm, there's something there's nothing like it to reward yourself after a, a hard fought game, no matter how it went. Sounds lovely. It really does. Yeah. It's it is. Great. It is. Oh, and have you? It's, uh, 
Have you found your place in Pittsburgh yet? Yeah, we found it. It was hard to get. Uh, no one wanted our dogs. No one wanted our dogs. Aww. We had we had apartments that were allowing it, but the, the stupid HOA was. Uh, how about this? We we're about to get a place in the apartment. The owner of the apartment was all cool. We had to get like certifications for our dogs or whatever, which are kind of all bullshit, right? But uh, and we did that, and then the HOA hired a lawyer to investigate the legality of our service animal dogs and so we're like all right, well, all right fine fine we're out we're out don't even don't even bother but i was like man that was serious uh but that's made it, it made it hard uh but we found a, a good little spot it's got a yard you know down the street i could i could walk to the ballpark if i wanted to um so it's gonna be good okay how do you do you sign a seven month lease eight month lease when you is that what you do yeah, it's usually six or seven months. Um, and that's another thing that makes it complicated because, first of all, a lot of places don't want to give out, you know, less than a year lease. Um, and then they raise the prices up a ton. So, I mean, we're finding places that we're seeing them advertised for, you know, whatever per month. And then if you want to get a six or seven month lease, it almost doubles. And, but that's part of it. Well, here's the good news, though. So, the last three years, you've played in Cleveland and Pittsburgh. It ain't exactly L.A. and New York, brother, as far as prices. That's true. I, I played in San Diego for a while, too, though. Yeah, but you got a I place mean, down was, there. That was one of the – I mean, that was the main reason, really, we bought a place there originally. It was like, I can't just be throwing rent money away. We'd get none of it back for forever. Uh, right. But it is nice. You know, Pittsburgh and Cleveland are both considerably more affordable than uh, than I'm sure other cities. Okay. All right. So, new city. New town, new restaurants. You know, I, I actually look, this is hard for somebody from Cleveland to admit, but I actually dig Pittsburgh. I think it's a cool little town, man. That's amazing. I, I So I grew up, my mom grew up in Pittsburgh. So my mom's from Pittsburgh. So I went to Pittsburgh at least once a year, always growing up. So my grandparents, my cousins, everyone was in Pittsburgh uh, or, or somewhat close. Um, so Pittsburgh's like second home to me. I used to go to uh, Pirates games right when PNC Park opened when I was a little kid uh, with my grandpa. Uh, we go downtown and be walking around over the bridges and going to ball games. And, um, you know, this guy was going to uh, spring training games. He had, a, you know, autograph from Barry Bonds when he was a rookie with the Pirates, like, you know, talking crazy old stories. He was probably yeah, he was probably at the shot heard around the world game, you know. Uh, so Pittsburgh goes way back in our family. And uh, it's so it's 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 actually got a very, very uh, uh good part of my heart. So, uh, it's, it's pretty surreal. Like right when we, when we signed, my wife and I went and did the whole thing there and just walking around the city and going onto the field, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty special playing there, uh, in our home opener. Um, just from the memories I have from, uh, you know, uh, I never would have thought I'd be, I'd be, a would be playing for the pirates, you know, uh, I played there plenty of times, but it'll be another, another thing actually, you know, putting the uniform on and playing. I didn't notice, um, you know, because you'll play everybody this year. I forget if you go to Cleveland or Cleveland comes to you guys. They come to us. Oh, God. I was hoping that once again we'd be able to get like 35000 on their feet for another Austin Hedges homecoming because we were there last year in San That was Diego the worst court. homecoming ever. There was nada. Nothing. You, Nothing. You didn't, you didn't love it with the Rose family every time you'd That's come out? That's all I had. 
I love we you. Like, I love you for that. Go warm him up. That was awesome. <laughs> you were amazing, but that was all the love I got. That was it. Well, we'll have to wait. Unless you go back to Cleveland, you know, after signing a one-year deal with Pittsburgh. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of stars that have ended their careers in places where they were best known. So we can dare to dream. <laughs> yes. It wouldn't be the worst thing. Hey, guys, you want a better sex life? Listen, you're not alone. Did you know that 50% of all men experience some sort of symptoms that get in the way of them enjoying their sex life to their maximum potential? But Roman is here to help. Roman is the digital health clinic for men offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. Roman offers discreet wipes that help you last not one, not two, not three, but four times longer in bed. Sign me up. In men with low testosterone, getting testosterone levels back to normal can help increase your libido. That is big time. And at Roman, here's the cool thing. There's no waiting rooms. There's no hassle. There's no embarrassment. You're not sitting in a room and somebody walks out and says, Mr. Rose, time to check in with the doctor. That does not happen. We take care of it digitally. If medication or testing is needed, Roman will send it directly right to your door. Everything arrives in a special discreet package, free with two-day shipping. To learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, I want you to do this. Go to ro.co slash John Boy to get 20% off your entire first order. I'm going to repeat that. ro.co slash John Boy. 20% off. Believe me, you will be feeling great. And so will that someone special. Did you do anything fun before spring training started? Some guys like to, you know, get away, take one last trip before, you know, you bear down for the next nine months. Yeah, we, uh, my wife and I went to Costa Rica. We fell in love with Costa Rica a couple off seasons ago. And the whole Pura Vida vibe lifestyle is just right up our alley. It's, it's, it's beautiful. The food's great. The people are incredibly nice. Um, so we went there and we went to this kind of like a wellness retreat uh, to kind of like a last little rewind. Uh, there was like crystals and meditation stuff and river bathing and, you know, all kinds of wild things. It was super cool. But uh, first night we're there, I got pretty sick and ended up getting through. Uh, but my wife got super sick to the point where we had to have like doctors in the hey. hotel room. Huh? What happened? She got well. We I, I was freaking out because at this point in a in an international in a, in a random country now, uh, if there's something going on, I don't know what's going to happen. So she's in incredible pain. She has this. She must have had what we realize now is some type of food poisoning. It had to be some type of food poisoning, but it was like very. It was like this burning food poisoning because I had experienced it, and then somehow hers just wouldn't go away. And I don't know what I would have done if it didn't go away because it was like. Imagine like a crazy hot, like acid reflex heartburn type thing, but like wouldn't go away with nausea. Oh, it was terrible. Uh, and I'm freaking out because I'm like the doctor's saying, hey, we, we, we want to take her to the hospital and get checked because, you know, maybe she needs surgery. And I'm going like even if she does need surgery, like what do I let my wife go under the knife in this random Costa Rican hospital? Is this? Is this the right thing to do? Like, obviously, like, I want to do the right thing here. And I want my wife to be healthy and safe. 
but is this is this the safe thing? So I'm freaking out. I'm like, because they're like, hey, well, we'll take her to the hospital just to check. I'm like, I don't even know if I care about the check because if you check her and it's bad, I, I might be like, I, you got to fly me to LA as fast as you can. So we luckily she was able to feel good enough where uh, then how about this? I didn't think this one through. Also didn't think we would have a this problem, but the hotel was three and a half hours away from uh, the airport through the mountains. And we had a 9 a.m. flight. So we left at about 2.45 in the morning, uh, basically with her being sick. So I just like load up the car, drive three and a half hours through the mountains with her basically on her deathbed. Uh, I'm just like, I just got to get her to the plane somehow, even if she's thrown up on the plane the whole time. Like, even when we got to the airport, like she was going to be sick again and ended up not thrown up, which was great because if she did, she might not have stopped. And we end up getting home, and uh, and basically once we got home, uh, and she could just like chill, I guess. Like it kind of went away, but it was it was about like a little over forty eight hours of like fully freaking out. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, I mean, she's good now. She's right. She's right inside. So you know, we don't have to. <laughs> she's a trooper, man. That's she is a trooper. She is a trooper. She she survived in a international country that we had no idea was going to happen. Wow, I don't know what the hell I would have done. Um, did you did you bring the dogs to spring training? No, we're having uh my my brother in law is going to drive my truck and my dogs across the country from San Diego to Pittsburgh. Oh my god! Yeah, it's putting a lot of trust in him. He's got this. We've mapped it all out. It's three twelve hour trips. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. The dogs don't do super well. That was one of the reasons we didn't have them out. Uh, we didn't have them out in Cleveland last year. Uh, they don't do very well with the travel thing. But when you want to ship your dogs across country, basically these the, the services, this guy will, like, say it's 36 hours. This guy's basically doing the trip in 36 hours, taking, like, a couple 30-minute naps. So the dogs are with a stranger in a car like not really stopping and they were like when they'd get out and they were done like they'd be just like throwing up for weeks just like just not okay and so we didn't want to do it last year but then i realized i was like no they have to be out there like i need them uh for for mental and you know emotional support throughout the year uh so i'm th i'm hoping that with my brother-in-law who they know well in my truck it'll make it all comfortable uh, and doing it in like day increments. Um, I'm hoping it all works out, but it's a big trip. So out of curiosity, I don't need to get him. You know, maybe you could just say, Hey Rose, get out of here. That's none of your business. Do you have to pay your brother-in-law to do that? hundred percent. That's fair. That's a, I can't just ask him to, Hey man, drop your life. I need you to do these three trips with these dogs. And like, you know, I need you to do it well because I care about my dogs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, we were going to pay, I just, I told him I'll pay you whatever I was going to pay the person to ship him out anyways. And he's driving my truck, which I would have had to ship out anyway. So it's actually, you know, it's saving me money by even paying him. So it's win, win, win. Tough to do win, win, wins. Those are hard. You don't come across those too often. You know, what's amazing. I'm trying to add up all the stuff that you have to spend on, right? You got to get an apartment, an extra apartment, right? It's not where you live during the season. You're still paying your mortgage on your house back in Southern California. Then you got to pay to 
you know, and I don't want people to see this the wrong way. He's like, Rose, you're talking to a guy who's made millions. Yes, he has. He's done very well making money as a major leaguer. But there's a lot of like additional expenses here I don't normally think about, huh? It's there are. There are. And, you know, <laughs> there's there's still expenses that you don't want to that you don't necessarily want to have to deal with or that I didn't have to deal with for the majority of my career. I never had to ship my car anywhere. It was I drive to Arizona, drive back to San Diego, live in my own house, yeah. play in my own hometown with my dogs living in their hometown. And then then the baseball world was like, no, 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 no. This is too easy. This is too comfortable. Life doesn't work <laughs> this way, Austin. Here's Cleveland. Go have fun. And, you know, what a what a beautiful thing it ended up being. Uh, but those are additional challenges. And well, also, at least in Cleveland, I didn't have to do the uh, Florida is just different. Right. So at least in Arizona, I would drive my truck to Arizona with all my stuff that I would need for the year. And then from, uh, you know, the team facility, it's really easy to ship your car out with the rest of the team cars. But Florida, I would have had to ship my car to Florida to then ship it to Pittsburgh uh, and not having all of that stuff. So when my wife and I arrived in Florida, you know, it's with, it's with a suitcase each um, and which my wife uh, did not, her suitcase was lost on the way uh, to Pittsburgh. Perfect. So that was just, an, a, of course that would happen. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's additional, not, not just the, the fees and the, the things that it costs, but it's just, just more inconveniences, more things that, you know, and they find a way to go wrong. I don't know why. I, I, I'm sure other people can can relate to that. Just anytime there's an extra thing that needs to happen, like it's not just going to go smoothly. That would that would make too much sense, and life would be too easy. But that's just not the way it goes. So dealing with it. By the way, Florida drivers suck. Florida's just hard to get around in, man. It's I I had no idea that it could be like such an open place could have so much traffic. And everything's yeah. side streets. There's no like freeways, highways. It's just like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at lights for forever. Yeah. And taking those. Ugh. Thank God you're a real veteran. I mean, we'll have we'll have KP coming up on the show, but you don't want to make those trips to all those places. You don't want to drive to Fort Myers and stuff. No, luckily, luckily, I am at the point in my career where I can make uh, have have somewhat of a say in my schedule. Um, so, you know, good thing, bad thing, good thing. I usually don't have to travel to the place I don't want to travel, but I've got a lot of pitchers that I have not caught and I need to learn really well. And if they're making that trip, mm. I got to make that trip. So, uh, I've traveled a couple times. Um, and you know, you know, it, it's cool. It's a new experience. It's, I'm getting to learn the, the grapefruit league, which I had no idea anything about it. So if anything, it's, you know, more, more, more to see in this game that I haven't seen, which I thought I had seen most of it. But Florida spring training is a is another animal that I had no idea in now twelve spring trainings. No, you, there there isn't. You can't polish a turd like that. I'm sorry, bro. You're trying. It's not that. It, it, it is hot. Arizona, like you think Arizona, Florida, right? Both hot. Uh. Uh-uh. You do not sweat in Arizona like you do here. At yeah. least me. Maybe that's just me. But oh no, it's not just you. It's gross down there. It's just it's too hard. I'm not trying to like bash in the state of Florida, but if you if you've spent spring training either driving across the state of Florida or going, you could hit ten different parks within an hour out in Arizona. 
Sorry. 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 That's just the way it is, dude. It is. Um, it is. So you're, you've joined yet another very young team, although there have been a nice sprinkling of veterans, a couple of catchers, Rich Hill, Carlos Santana. They brought Kutch back for one more tip of the cap and maybe 20 more homers or what have you. But there are some very young players on this team, and one of them is fascinating in O'Neill Cruz because we've just never seen a six foot eight inch shortstop that can, you know, hit the ball with 120 exit velocity and runs the way that he does and throws the way that he does and all that sort of stuff. Have you gotten caught staring a little bit at him and his abilities? He's everything he does is more impressive than, than you would even think. It's like, it's a lot of guys that are like his size, like, you know, they can kind of have that like almost like a baby giraffe, like kind of mm-hmm. awkwardness to them. He's so smooth. Like it's, he's so under control. He has so much control of his body that is so much bigger. Like like six, eight in baseball is like seven, six in basketball. Like it's like, it's, it's so stupidly big. It's unbelievable. And you, you don't like when you, when you see like 122 miles an hour off the bat, like we, I watch that on TV. You watch that on TV. The BP that he takes is I, the only person I've seen that can that might sniff his what he can do in batting practice is Shohei Otani, who is a person that I make a point to go watch at batting practice when I play the Angels because of how impressive it is. O'Neill Cruz is like he he's worth the pi- price of admission to watch at batting practice if he decides to do it. Like he'll take his first three rounds and you know work on things and hit the ball the other way, hit line drives, and he'll have a couple rounds where like. He tries to hit the ball hard, and I've never seen anything like it, man. I really have not seen anything like it. It is so special. I mean, and he's and he's fast. I don't know if you knew this. He was the it was the number one sprint speed in baseball too last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and I think what he did last year was just kind of uh, now people are aware of who he is, and I don't think anybody knows what he's actually capable of. And who, man, I'm excited that I get to. I get front row seats every game to to watch him do what he's going to do. So you're saying you won't pinch run for him this year? That'd be the one thing I think I could probably do. Um, you know, efficiency. Um, I'm an efficient base runner for my speed. I had a 100% stolen base success rate last year. 100%. That's excellent. I mean, I don't think you can do much better. You can't. First baseman wasn't holding me on. It was extremely disrespectful, but I was safe. That away. Nice work. <laughs> hey, did you? Uh, how'd you do in the playoffs of your fantasy league? We didn't. We we got killed by Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray getting hurt was. We weren't. We were riding him out. We didn't have a good enough replacement. Actually, the funny thing about it was we were playing. Uh, we were playing Napoli. In Napoli, uh, we had used all of our fab. And Nap went out and got like all six quarterbacks that were streamers for the week. And we started uh oh, who did we start? We started Matt Ryan in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> we, that was who we had to start. Oh man, it killed us. And we didn't we lost, barely lost, lost by a couple points. It was frustrating. We had the team, we were good. Uh, it was a bad, bad fantasy year for me, I'm, but I'm already on my research. I, uh, 
It's, it's cool. Uh, one of my teammates is Kanan Smith and Jigba, his yes. brother, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I had it's so funny right before uh, and this might be a controversial trade. I don't know. I haven't gotten necessarily the best feedback from it in, a, in my friend's local dynasty league. I traded Jalen Waddle straight up for the rookie 103 draft pick, which was promised to me by the guy who has the first two picks that I get Jackson Smith and Jigba. I am in, in, hard in on this guy. And I've been talking to his brother, talking to him about his combine tape, and I'm, I'm all about him. He's about to be a superstar. Okay. So I just came from the combine up here to do my stuff with John Boy. And he did. He was – now, listen, there's no defensive players. It's against air. He didn't run the uh, 40 because he's coming off that hamstring. But he looked very good. He was one of the receivers that really impressed people with his smooth route running and all that stuff. But – how the heck will you? I mean, we don't even know. What I have reasons. He's going to go, be. Go up. ahead. I have reasons. Yeah, we don't well, even you, know what. Well, yeah, but I know when he goes to a place, he's not going to be stuck behind Tyreek Hill, and his quarterback may or may not have noodles for brains now. You don't know. Oh my god! What's the matter with you? I've had all the concussions. That's what happens. Things get things you don't know. You don't know what the injuries are like. Have you so, had noodles for brains? Oh, yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens when you get concussed. You get your brain becomes noodles. You're just like well, in a fog. I remember in, uh, yeah, I remember you got one bad. Yeah, you got hit by uh, a pitch in the head a couple years ago. Right. Yeah, and, I when get, you were in yeah, and I get foul tips to the head almost every game. You know, it, they're crazy. You don't you don't. I don't like that. So I don't know That's So that thing scared me and being behind Tyreek scared me. And I think Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are absolute superstar freaks. And Jackson was better than them. Both of them as a sophomore. Mm. Let's not go nuts now. He had an amazing Rose Bowl game against Utah. Check the numbers. No, not don't even don't even count the Rose Bowl. Check the numbers. Way better numbers. More catches, more yards. He was the dude. And those guys are like dude dudes, right? Yeah, they're, they're great. Real. They're both great. You're right about that. And by the way, if you really want to impress me, go trade for two years from now when Marvin Harrison Jr. is available. Uh, that's that's everybody's already on that. Everyone's trying to get the 2024 101. That's a that's the most guaranteed. I've I'll sell my whole team for him. Well, what I I actually I just want all the Ohio State receivers. Yeah, that's they're good. All the Ohio State receivers is who I want. Uh, and don't get me wrong, Jalen Waddle is incredible, but uh, I think he's I think his ceiling is only so high uh, with with Tyreek ahead of ahead of him. Today's episode of the Rose Rotation presented to you by our good friends over at Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear that is built to last. That's right. Shady Rays offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair, except at the end of the day, you don't look at your credit card bill and say, what the hell did I spend all my money on? Because Shady Rays looks great, makes you feel great and sexy, and it keeps money in your wallet. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the best protection in the history of eyewear. 
every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. Here's the deal with that. Are you like me, where you break several pair of sunglasses every year? I can't tell you the number of times I take them off, I accidentally put them on the driver's side of my car. I get back in my car the next day, what do I hear? Crunch. Rose's fat ass got in the way of his happiness yet again. Well, guess what? All I do is pick up the phone. Yo, Shady Rays, I did it again. Chris, this is the sixth time in the last two years you've done it. But we're not going to be mad at you. You know what we're going to do instead? Send you a new pair of shades. No questions asked. That's it. They're non-judgmental. So go to ShadyRays.com right now. Use the code word ROSE for 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses. That is 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses, plus you get the lost and broken replacements guaranteed. Go do it today, Shady Rays. So you know what I'm doing up here um, with the John Boy family? We're shooting Blitzball Battle 3. You know, our you've seen our, our Blitzball Battle stuff, right? Where it's kind of no, like, what's that? Uh, oh, yeah, come on, man. Spin it up. Check out our Warehouse Games channel. Be part of the family. We love you. You should love us back. It's awesome. I do. So I, I love you guys. I love all your stuff. I just don't know what Blitzball is. Yeah, so Blitzball, think of it as it's wiffle ball without the holes in it. And so the ball has some indentations and the pitches we can throw. You would love it. Oh, okay. I have seen this. I have yeah, seen this. I just didn't know it was called Blitzball. I know yeah, what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. So uh, Moylan and I call all the games. We've got 17 games that we're going to tape over the next five days. And Ploof is the two-time defending champion. And, um, you know, he's also the reigning MVP of the league. It's some crazy shit, though. It's really, really cool. Yeah. It looks like a blast. I don't know how you ever hit one of those pitches. Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I think, you know, I think we're trying to do a, a battle in L.A. at the end of this year. I told you about it, where you should come up and be a manager. You'd be excellent. Ooh, I would love to do that. Yeah. I'm in. We would, so you could even stay over the Rose House if you if you wanted to. Have a few have a few Bud Lights. Yeah, whatever. We can go out team dinner. Be fun. Team dinner. Oh, all right. With, with, with our squad. Do I have any, like, do, as a manager, do I, like, do anything? Or am I just, like, there? <laughs> well, you could decide pitching changes and stuff. You know, that's a big deal. But now I got to do homework, too. I got to know my I gotta know my arms. Who throws a underhand screwball rise ball? Because these balls are moving, like, they're defying physics. Yes, that's, that's all true. What what would you call the? Do, have they made like made up names for like these pitches that like do that? Are yeah. So in Blitzball, one of the one of the best uh, pitchers from the previous season is Nikki Cass here with us, and um, Nikki has I think five different pitches, but they're not called like two seam, four seam, slider. It, he's got names for them, which I will be using, and and uh, so you have to watch it when it comes out in May. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's some crazy stuff. Yeah. Ball yeah, oh really moves. Gosh. How do you yeah. – and are they throwing it, like, similar to a baseball, like a pitcher would, like, just, like, spinning it with, like – or they got to be using, like – they got to be using sticky stuff, huh? They're using spider tack and all that stuff, aren't they? This is a non-spider tack league, okay? There's <laughs> integrity on the line when you're talking Are you going and checking gloves afterwards? Is that your no, job? No, I'm the – does Bob Costas do that when he calls playoff games? 
No, he just. Oh, calls are there the are there are there umpires? Yes, of course there are. Okay, of, of course, course there, there are. are. Jeez, this is a this is a big time deal. It's for ten grand. Come on, man. Well, how much do I get? As what does the manager get for a win? You get to put it on your resume, man. That's fair. Okay, that's I, actually good. I mean, if you think if you don't think that that will help you next year in free agency, mm, that's true. Then you're nuts. Blitzball manager champion, champion blitzball manager. That's not, that's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, I mean, I smell a couple additional mil just out of that alone. I'll just I'll put that on my resume, and then like sometimes catches in the big leagues. Hmm. Yeah. Emphasis on sometimes. Sometimes. Have you talked to my buddy Maley? I talked to him right before spring training. Uh, he's doing good over there in Cincinnati. Uh, he's going to help them out a lot for sure. Um, yeah. I know. I, I, I was I was planning on Facetiming him after uh, after we got done talking, just to give him the heads up that he's been he's been surpassed with another hot boy catcher. With another hot boy catcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's better for for him to hear it from you. Than... It is. I don't. I don't want him to. I don't want him to go on Instagram and see a clip of, you know, and have him think I'm cheating on him or something. But right. You know, sadly, it is a business, and business is not just for baseball. It's for handsomeness as well. Yeah. Well, we've had a lot of his teammates on this show, so I don't want Votto or Jonathan India or now Will Benson. You know, coming up to him and letting him know when it should come out of your mouth. So that's classy. I will. I'll let him know. He's going to be disappointed, but it is what it is. Okay. Uh, we'll get to our guest, Kevin Ploiecki, or KP, in a moment. All right, we continue on with the Chris Rose rotation, and this happens at least once a year. Uh, we have to invite in because um, he feels so alone if he doesn't have another catcher with him. This would be Austin Hedge's teammate now in Pittsburgh, Kevin Ploiecki. Kevin, it's good to see you, man. Look at you. You got your hair all spruced up for this. What did you think? You were going on the Tonight Show? Well, I had to act like it. I've been laying in bed for the last three hours, so I had to do something to it. Seriously? That's what you when you don't When you don't catch on a given day, you just chill and hang out and watch Netflix? Yeah, it's exactly what I did today after workouts. But some of us had to go to Tampa last night playing a night game against the Yankees. So um, it's a touch justified. So, um, yeah, but that's exactly what I did today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hedgy, um, what did you tell me in the offseason that you guys are calling yourselves now? Well, I mean, after, you know, some deep, deep digging and some, some, some good research, um, I feel confident that. Uh, Kevin and myself um, are the most handsome catcher duo in the big leagues currently. <laughs> yeah, sure. I agree. <laughs> he has no choice. You, have, you yep. have no choice now. Well, I definitely bring you up a little bit. So and we even each other out. <laughs> yes. Well, Kevin, I have to let you know, though, last year when we had um, Luke Maley of the yeah. Cleveland Guardians on, they called themselves the best-looking catcher tandem in Major League Baseball. I, I notice a trend here, though. It seems like one guy always has to be a part of this. Are you noticing this? Yeah, wherever Hedgie is at, I guess, is the best-looking duo. Oh, my goodness. Really? Got himself, but I'm happy to be a part of it. Here we are. 
<laughs> Dude, what's Luke gonna say about this? Luke's Luke's gonna be. Uh, I've already I've already explained it to him, and I think he's understanding. Um, he knew I was carrying the squad last year, um, and you know, <laughs> I was telling him how confident I'm feeling uh, in the hands of now. You know, now you know Kevin will be handling in the the handsome duties, and I'll be back in, you know, whatever that means. But I still think it stands that we're probably the most handsome catcher duo. Okay. Well, congratulations. If there's ever John Boy Media handsome catching duo power rankings out, I expect you guys to be at the top of the list. Congratulations. Um, you. Kevin, you got drafted, I think, a year after Austin did. What Do you remember when you guys first met? I don't know if we ever really formally met. Um, just playing a lot against each other in the minor leagues, right, Austin? I have to just say, like, just a lot of the interaction kind of through the yeah. minor league. Um, you know? And I guess formally met. I don't really know if there was like an actual like meeting point where I officially met Austin, but I feel like we already knew each other really quite well going into this year, just given the history of playing against each other and then uh, knowing the same group in Cleveland that he knows, you know, from last year. So, um, you know, it's kind of goes back a while, but there wasn't a formal introduction, I guess you could say. Yeah, the Chris, the the kind of formal introduction happened last year where uh, I was getting a little bit jealous. Uh, I had, there was, you know, Kevin playing in Cleveland before me. Uh, he, he set, you know, he had quite the reputation and almost not a day would go by where someone would bring up how well Ke Kevin did this or Kevin did that. And I was getting pretty jealous and, you know, it was starting to piss me off a little bit. And uh, so one, one day we're playing the Red Sox last year and uh, the Red Sox came into town and our, our strength coach, who uh, who was kind of in on, on this joke, uh, he asked me, do you, want, do you want to go play catch with the football today? And I was like, I was like, sure, why not? So we go out, we're playing catch with the football. And I don't even really realize until he's starting running some routes out in like left center on the scoreboard, they made it say, welcome back, Kevin Pawecki, like Cleveland misses you. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it either. I swear. It was like, guys were like, you got to go out and check out the scoreboard. And I was like, no way. You guys are messing with me. And sure, sure as shit. Yeah, it's up there. I was like, oh boy, that's good. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> Please tell me you got a photo of that, Kev. I've got a photo of, yeah, standing in front of it. I do. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Are you, are you okay, Hedgie? Because I'm sure that'll hurt. I you am. Know, well, well, the, the, the funny, well, the funniest part actually was, uh, so this kind of got the 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 wheels turning. Then we go to Boston later that year. I happen to hit one of my you know seven decent swings of the season last year. I go deep over the green monster. I'm thrilled, right? I happen to go watch. No, I don't even get to watch it because I'm pretty sure Kevin has already sent this video to Bieber and saying you'll never believe what what happens. Our home announcer, as I hit this ball says and kevin ploiecki with a deep drive to left oh oh uh austin hedges <laughs> like i can't get away i can't get away and so uh I, the next day our uh our on-field guy andre not uh pulled me into the dugout to like do this fake interview like he's like hey man i really want to do this interview and talk hitting with you and i'm like wow this is great you know i hit a homer like someone wants to talk hitting with me this is super cool he's in there he's just fucking with me 
He's just trying to get a reaction to talk about what the uh, what the announcer had said on my home run call. And uh, yeah, that's basically what happened. <laughs> my God. Did, did you, Plecky, did you have any idea you cast such a large shadow? Uh, not at all, but I obviously was made aware of it by, you know, Shane and with Austin. And then when I, I was catching that night in Fenway and, and I went back and watched the Homer and I heard like, I was in the tubs or something. I want. I always like going back and watching whatever where the location of the pitch was, yada yada. And I heard him say my name instead of Hedges, and I was like, you can't make this one up. So I immediately sent it to Shane and was like, you got to check out the the call on Hedges Homer tonight. And yeah, and then the rest is kind of history from there. But uh, nothing intentional. It's just kind of funny how it's all worked out. And then uh, we Shane the other day texted us too. I guess Hedges a big service time guy, and so um, you know everything goes off service time and. I, I've got a, a six years, 167 days, and he's got six years, 166 days. So I got to buy one day. So <laughs> we just we just keep trading blows. Uh, but I happen to always uh, at this point come up on on the uh, on the winning end. But I'm sure uh, you know Hedgie will find a way to get me back at some point this year. Uh, but it's just been funny, kind of how it's all worked out over the years. Oh, I love that. I'm scheming. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I'm like 0 three against him right now on on all these things that are happening. The, the service time one was a big deal because I took a lot of pride in that last year with so many rookies in Cleveland. And, of course, once Shane found that, of course, it was one day. It was one day, and that's all that matters. It's all that matters. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, there's at least one guy on your team who you're not going to beat in service time anytime soon, and that is Rich Hill. Okay. Uh, when he is out there grunting and doing what he does – Every time during spring training, are you like, oh, my God, is this old man going to fall over and collapse on the mound? Edgy. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's it's beautiful. I mean, I getting to play against him for years when I was in San Diego was was awesome to compete against. But uh, playing with him so far this spring training has just been a treat. And the the intensity and the wisdom that he brings is uh, is second to none. And um, I know Kevin's caught him a lot and has you know plenty of his own stories, too. And it's uh yeah, I know we're both thrilled to have him. What do you got, Kev? Yeah, I mean it's um, <laughs> it's all authentic. You know, it's not like it's a joke. You know, people, you know, it's not an act. He's when he's on the mound, he, like he, I, I mean, I don't want to say he blocks out, but he's he's so locked in and so in tune with the game that I don't think he realizes half the stuff that he's even really like yelling or or doing. He's just such a competitor. Um, and that's what you want, uh, you know, out of anybody. People just express it differently. And Rich has been doing it now for, what, 19 years or whatever. And, and um, it's just a testament to the work that he's put in. But, um, no, I mean, it's all authentic from him. It's not a show. I think that's the, that's what people kind of misconstrue. They think it's funny. Um, he's not doing it for a laugh. He's, he's literally doing it to, you know, try and, try and beat you, which I think is pretty neat. But um, at the same time, there are definitely moments where if I'm not catching him, just able to sit back and watch the game, you can't help but laugh at certain things that he does unintentionally or intentionally do just um, because he's, you know, he's rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a, uh, he's a former guest here on the Rose rotation. We talked to him about it and, you know, he's got a, a young son and he said that he was swearing so much that one time he, his kid was in the back seat and like something went wrong in the car. And I think the kid yelled like fuck or something just because, Hey, you hear he, he listens to Pops's games, and all yeah. of a sudden, you never know what's going to pop out of there. Well, yeah, Kevin, I, it's, Kevin it's, tell him about the live BP. 
Yeah, I was going to say that. So the life is first live. Uh, when we got down here at Pirate City, I was actually in the box sitting and Bryce and Caitlin had just got in town. Bryce is his son. Um, and they were sitting. I couldn't really find Bryce because I got to know him a lot last year and, and I couldn't figure out where he was sitting. And, and um, then I, I, I eventually found out where he was sitting after Rich, you know, let, let a change up, I, I believe, just kind of like sail out of his hand, not the right way. And he drops, ah, oh, fuck. And his son, I just, just yells 98. And I was like, in my head, I thought he was joking around with him saying that rich threw 98 miles per hour and um i didn't find out till about a day later that that uh every time rich swears it's a dollar to bryce so every time that rich you know drops an f-bomb or anything like that you know bryce gets to cash in so that was rich's 98th cuss word and he just keeps a tally um and gets you know whatever you know he's like you know i already cashed in 200 dollars from the off season it's been great i've got a lot of great you know, stuff from Dick's for the new baseball season. It's been awesome. You know, when I saw him, I'm like, this is unbelievable. So I thought it was 98 miles per hour and sure as shit, it just rich. That's his 98th customer to probably the month and his son's just calculating it. But it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I was, uh, I was thoroughly impressed that one, he's keeping tally and I uh, was just happy. I was able to be there to hear it firsthand. Uh, Austin, you definitely have the balls when you catch Rich at some point this season to keep a tally for his son, like during a game. Please do. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I think uh, I need to work out like a deal with him or like, I don't know, like 50, 50. Nah, I'll give him 75, 25. I think that'd be a fair deal. Yeah. 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 Let's let the kid have some. He's 11. Here. You know, maybe I should just probably not take anything. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll oh, take do something nice for the kid. Yeah, I'll do something nice. You can have the whole dollar. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So I want to get a catching perspective from the pitch clock. I want both of you to answer it. Do we love it? Do we deal with it? Or do we hate it? Austin, you go. And then Kevin. I'm, I'm pretty torn. Um, it's it's caused quite the distraction uh, from the game. Like it's it seems like it's it's taking precedent over a lot of things that I think matter more. Um, but the pace is going great. I love the pace. Um, you know, that, that idea in itself is, is exciting to me, but, um, you know, it is, it is tough. Um, it is tough when count in, in games can be dictated by uh, a, a non-competitive thing happening. Um, so, I mean, that part's frustrating. So I'm torn. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, like anything in, in, in life, not just baseball, like once we do it for long enough, I think we'll just get used to it and it'll just be another thing. Um, but the frustrating thing is while, while we're, we got to go through those growing pains first. Um, and it just seems like every game there's a, there's something that happens. That's uh, it's just disruptive towards the competitive environment. Um, and, and I don't like that, but like I said, I do like the pace. Um, and if, if they've got a good reason for, you know, that bringing the league more money, then I guess it works. My yeah. turn. I, I fucking hate it. All of everything about it. Um, be completely honest with you. Uh, I echo a little bit of the pace. I think the pace is great. Fine. Um, but uh, I'm with, I, I'm, I'm like with Austin said, when you start handing out, um, you know, free strikes and free balls and based on a, uh, uh, on a non-result just because of uh, a timer. I, I just think that it takes away from everything that we've 
kind of grown up doing when it's like slow the game down, slow these moments down. Um, and now it's like speed it up or else you're just going to lose um, yourself, a you know, at bat or, you know, it could cost the team a game. Uh, I just, to me, I feel like you start handing out free nineties and free um, results based on no action. Uh, that to me is just ridiculous. Um, again, nobody wants to be in a part of a three and a half, four hour game. I, I'm all for that being condensed, but I also think there's going to be a little bit of feel in the situation of, uh, you know, if we raise the timer from 15 to 20, maybe it's a touch better. 15 is a joke how fast it is. I think it's ridiculous. Just a, even getting signs from the dugout or as a hitter, getting a sign from a third base coach and getting back in within five seconds to me, is just, there's no strategy to the game at that point. It's just, it's just rapid baseball. Um, so I think you could raise the time to 20, 25 seconds. And I think it would be no issue at all. Personally, that's just me. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of where I stand on it. I've been firm on it since the rules ever came out or were even talked about um, in the last couple of years. Um, but that's my personal opinion. I know that fans and, and everything like that and the, the general fan want the game to go faster and that's fine. Um, but they're also not the ones that are having to you know put food on the table for their families and, and uh, go out there and compete for a living every night too. And that's totally fine. I understand that you don't want to sit there for four hours. We don't want to either, but we also have to focus and we have a, you know, a, a game to win and, um, arguably every team has a championship they want to win as well. And they want to, there's certain moments that you need to slow the game down. And I hope there's able, able to have some adjustments. Um, you know, I know this is a trial period, maybe not a trial period, I should say, because it could stay, but I'm hoping that as, as the league kind of sees these games, um, dictated by some of these balls and strikes and outs, um, I'm hoping there's some changes that are made. And I think it is just a matter of adding just a little bit more time to, um, uh, the existing clock. And I think it will help a lot. So, yeah, that's that's the way that's the way I feel just as a viewer. Um, I liked the pace. I felt like it was a little too quick and I couldn't tell whether that was because I'd never watched a game with a pitch clock because I just didn't do it in the minors. Um, But, yeah, I think I agree with you, Kevin, that I think that there's got to be some sort of sliding scale that we adjust to eventually, because you guys have the unique position of you're trying to not only call a game, but Miguel Rojas told me the other day, he's like, it's changed the way I hit because I see a clock and I'm trying to figure out when the pitcher's going to go. And I have to be ready at eight seconds and he might hold it all the way to one. Austin, is it screwed with the way that you uh, approach it at bat? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 quick. It, it happens really fast. And, um, you know, one of the one of the hardest things about hitting is is the feeling of being rushed. Um, and I've had, I feel like that's been one of the challenges so far this spring is trying not to feel rushed. Um, you know, even if there wasn't a clock. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, that's, that's the biggest challenge hitting and then catching too, is there's decisions that need to be made, um, that, um, you know, like Kevin was saying, like get, get, getting signs for, for, for pickoffs to first base and stuff, um, that can take a few seconds. Um, and then if your pitcher shakes off a couple times, it's tough that you either have to, uh, you know, you got to burn a, uh, a timeout or, um, or take the ball. And, um, you know, that can be frustrating. Got it. Okay. I do think that we'll, we'll figure out some sort of happy medium. I certainly hope we do. Um, I'm curious if you guys saw that, you know, Scherzer was calling his own pitch com on his mitt. I think Zach Granke was doing it recently. Listen, you guys are veteran catchers who primarily have jobs because you guys know how to call a game. Right. And you know how to do this whole thing. I'm curious, Kevin, would it be weird if you had a guy that 
I mean, Rich Hill's been around since the 40s. Like, does he have pitch comm on his mid? Does that offend you as a catcher? Oh, no. I mean, I think that, I mean, the game's adapting, right? We, we've seen, a, seen it adapting from pitch comm to now the pitch clock. And, um, you know, these rules aren't going anywhere. The pitch timer is not going to go away. If anything, like we just said, it's going to hopefully add a touch more time to give us a little bit more breathing room on both sides, offensively and defensively. But at the same time with that comes – and I, I don't take offense to the pitcher having, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, the pitch come on their belt or whatever the case may be. I do think that it's beneficial for the pitcher to, like, uh, not think on the mound. And I don't mean that in a way of, you know, they obviously have to think for the at-bat. But I also think it's, it's good to – I think what the buttons will do as a pitcher, um, and I think it will vary depending on what the pitcher wants to do, I think it would be good for, like, Rich, for instance, or – um, whoever to, you know, know where a couple buttons are at. So they're not having to find, you know, there's nine buttons on there to try and figure out which pitch they want to throw. But if there's a quick one where they know quick, we're like, Hey, you can press the button quick and it's X pitch, or, you know, you switch the buttons up. So you're not always going to the belt when it's a fastball or you're, you know, but if there's a way to somewhat speed it up or like they know that they want this pitch, you know, next pitch. I don't know. I think that it would help kind of just the flow go that way, but Again, it just kind of the pitcher has to feel comfortable doing it. And you obviously don't want to be predictable on like, oh, you know, so-and-so is going to the belt every time and it's always a slider or it's always one pitch. So I think it just kind of whatever the pitcher wants to do, but I, I wouldn't take offense to it. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just, you know, putting a logical suggestion down for what we think is the best pitch to throw. And, and the pitcher has a, you know, overrides us if they feel a certain way, you know, and Austin will agree. You want your pitcher throwing whatever pitch that is with conviction over, you know, what we feel like is best. So, um, you know, it, it really kind of goes hand in hand. So I guess we'll see who all decides to do it. Okay. Hedgy. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree hundred percent. I think there's, you know, I think it'll be cool for, I mean, honestly, it, it might really help certain organizations that uh, might not have the smartest catcher back there. A guy that doesn't necessarily retain information uh, that well with a, with a smart pitcher. Cause I've talked to, there's been plenty of situations where I've talked to pitchers who are frustrated with a catcher for this or that reason, and they're frustrated with the game calling. Um, and if you have a guy that can think along with it, for him to be able to call his own game, could it could help an organization because, you know, there, there might be situations where there are pitchers that might have a better idea of what's going on than the catcher. Um, so that could help. But to Kevin's point, um, I think one of the things that him and I take a lot of pride in is, uh, is taking the uh, – taking all that information and not let it not so the pitcher doesn't have to um it's it's already hard enough to to execute a pitch just say you're a starting pitcher to you got 100 pitches on the day to try and execute a high rate of pitches while also remembering a detailed game plan um and also not necessarily being able to see what we can see and feel behind the plate you know just because the pitcher threw the ball and they saw you know foul ball or whatever you know to be able to read that swing is a lot more difficult throwing a ball while trying to make a pitch, then for us, uh, right there, when it's right on top of you, you can feel, you know, certain things, especially when it, with timing. Um, and if, if, if there's a trust where the pitcher can uh, puts enough trust into us to, to be able to see that stuff and also be prepared ahead of time, um, it just, in my experience, it, it helps the pitcher so much. They have so much less on their plate, and they just get to the, go throw the ball and just rely on executing it. Um, and knowing that uh, the guy back there is has done his homework and also has his, has my best interest in mind, that's one of the big things. I think as long as 
you know, one of the big things with trust with the pitcher is, does this guy actually care about my career? And, uh, and you can tell, uh, I think in a lot of organizations, what, what catchers, you know, the game they're calling is, uh, should, should go hand in hand with the best case scenario for that pitcher in his career. Okay. I dig it. Good stories. Um, you guys have both played for multiple organizations. Nobody on the pirate staff can count because you haven't caught them yet in a regular season. You each have one game to win with somebody that you have caught in your career. Who are you going with and why? Ploiecki, you start, and then Austin, you go. Oh, you have to say something. I think you're legally obligated to. Oh, I'm, I mean, I love Shane. I love Shane to death. But I, <laughs> I got to go more. I got to go more recent. Um, but I mean, it's so it's hard. I, um, DeGrom's going to kill me. Ivaldi. Uh, um, I got to go with Uvaldi only because, and this is my reasoning. I'm going with Uvaldi. Wow. And I love Jake. I go with Jake as well. It's tough. You said make it make one choice. Okay. And I say this only because the last playoff game, winner go home, was Yankees Red Sox in 21. And it was me and it was Evaldi on the mound. So um, that relationship was, was, is great. Uh, and that was the last time I was in a winner go home game. And I say that with no shade to anybody else I've caught. <laughs> I'll no, take it's any- no shade. Um, yeah, I know, but I'll get shit for it later, I'm sure, if, if anybody else watches it. Um, but just recently, um, just, you know, it's it's just the most recent memory of a winner go home and one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game I've probably been a part of in my career. And it was Evaldi on the mound. And we were just in sync and in rhythm. And it was one of those games going into it, facing a great Yankees team that um, I felt really confident about, and, and especially with Nate on the mound. So I, I got to go with Evaldi. Wow. So, yeah, I, mean, so, yeah. I, I can't believe you. I mean, I knew I'm like, I'm like, you know, Jake, Shane. I mean, I feel bad not saying Shane because it, if I got, if I got a pick, I mean, for it's, it's probably, it's probably Biebs. It's probably, if I got one game, it's probably Biebs. The, uh, if I was going to say, if I was going to say somebody that was not, you know, uh, wouldn't sound typical. I think, uh, Early in my career, prime Tyson Ross was about as nasty as it wow. got. Pure, pure stuff. Oh my goodness! Uh, I mean, he was—he had all the pitches, and everyone was nasty. He's six foot eight. The tilt on it—it it was like when he was on for me. He's probably the nastiest pitcher I've ever caught. Like him and his A game was just special. Um, so I'd love to say him too, um, but. I guess just going through it with Shane last year, um, you know, watching him kind of like re-evolve his career into, uh, you know, from winning the Cy Young and the Triple Crown to having an injury to, you know, coming back and showing the world how great he was. Um, you know, then what he did in uh, in his in his couple playoff starts last year was like, there's a reason he is who he is and not many guys can spin a ball like he can. So, um, I mean, he's pretty special. I like it. Interesting names, guys. Good work. Uh, a few more, uh, Kevin. We appreciate you hanging out here today. You too, Austin. Um, you guys are going to be breaking in like 10 new umpires or something. Like Teddy Barrett, who's a former guest here, is gone. I think Greg Gibson, Tom Hallion, all those guys. Uh, Hedge, you got one story with me that's that's any good of those retired guys, good or bad? Mm. Mm. I mean, 
Ted Barrett always brings up uh, funny stories just because, I mean, just the, he's just a gangster. He's just a, he's a bad man. I mean, the things that I've heard about him sparring with Tyson and uh, it was funny, actually, I was talking to him last year and, you know, I think one of the reasons he, he hung him up was he's had, he's had some brain trauma and some head injuries that, you know, you coming from someone who's experienced it, it's not something to mess with. Uh, and I was like, I think I had had a foul tip and I was joking with him that, uh, you know, you probably have had your fair share of those too. Um, and he's like, yeah, but like the real ones weren't from, weren't from baseball. They were from, they were from sparring. I'm like, man, I do not blame you. Cause, uh, you know, I, I just think it's, uh, it's incredible what, you know, to be such a, to be an umpire for that long and to be that good at that. And then also to be a bad man to go spar with arguably the greatest boxer of all time. I just think that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's good. Kev, you got anything? Who was that? Oh, Barrett. Uh, Greg Gibson's gone? I think so. I think that's what I read. Thought. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I have a good Greg Gibson story regardless, but um, we were in, uh, I think it was 15, we were in St. Louis, and it was a day game. Heat of summer when it's, uh, I don't even know what the temperature was. It was ridiculously hot. And uh, I was a rookie. It was my rookie year. And um, I, I think he punched me out on a pitch that I thought was a ball. He didn't. He thought it was a strike. Rung me up. And then I said a few words in the box as I walk in, walking back. He didn't say anything at all. I went back out there to catch. Um, and I kept saying, like, it's, it's off. It's bullshit. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what I said. And he stood right in front of me. He grabbed me by, by the chest projector. And he said, you say whatever you want in this box. When you come out here to catch, you catch. I was like, okay, all right, Greg, <laughs> and uh, through shit that day goes 18 innings. We're back there for 18 innings together in the heat of summer, <laughs> and by the end of that day, we were freaking best buddies, and so every time he me ever since, he's like, KP, what's up, man? I'm like, yeah, what up, Gibby? Like, we were boys after that, so it was like crazy story. It happened in the second inning, probably, and we ended up being back there for 16 more innings together. <laughs> And I'll never forget it. And uh, that was a kind of a welcome to the big leagues moment for me, as well as a good friendship that started between me and Gibby in a hot summer day in St. Louis. Holy shit. By the way, how the fuck do you catch an 18 inning game? Well, we had burned, uh, I don't know, we burned uh, I think Wrecker. We burned, I think Johnny Manel was there. We, we burned everybody. And I, I was still, I was the only last man. I was started the game. We burned other guys in pinch hit situations and, uh, I was just kept in the catch the whole time. So I wore it. I was still young. I was 24. So I, was, I could still do that. Yeah, but middle of the summer in St. Louis, an 18-inning game, you must have smelled like fucking horse shit. Yeah, it was a treat. I, I, I came in, I think Ray Collins, like, did me a treat and hit on me like a Voss water or something like that. I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the Voss. Man, be great. Right now. Oh, my God. For that. Um. You got to do something, Kevin, that uh, Austin has always dreamt of at the major league level because he's got such a sweet arm. You got a chance to pitch, I think, a couple times, right, out there? Seven and two-thirds innings, but I'm not keeping track. <laughs> what Did you just say seven and two-thirds? Yeah, I'm closing on a complete game. I need to get nine innings somehow. <laughs> there it is. Oh, my God. Seven and two-thirds. Let's, let's see what we got here. Well, I threw oh, two okay. innings. I threw two innings in this game. I threw the yeah. eighth as well. Yeah. The next nice. inning, I gave up three homers, though. Oh my God! Well, dare to dream. 
Hedgie, you got to start working with uh, with Derek Shelton and just say, hey, listen, at some point it's going to happen. Every team has one of those 18 to three games. You got to start planting the seed now. That's it. Absolutely. I'm I've already I've already started. We had a we had a game against the Blue Jays uh, a few days ago and the sky bridge from Sarasota to Tampa was shut down. And there was like five of us in the clubhouse game starting in like an hour and a half. I mean, guys, guys showed up like less than an hour before the game. So we were just joking. But I was just reminding him, I was like, hey, I've got all the pitches. OK, I've learned every good pitcher I've ever caught. I've learned their best pitch. So I know their grip. I've worked on it. I've thrown one flat ground to Kevin. I know he knows I've got it. I can pitch. I can do it. Is it any good, Ploiecki? Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, it's passable. All you got to do is throw strikes and be below the hitting speed. You'll be just fine. <laughs> I think I would piss people off because, like, you're really supposed to go in there and just lob it in, and because it's it's not about you. But I feel like I feel like I would make it about me and like try and like be nasty, and people would be really upset, and I'd probably get hurt or something. So I'm gonna have to really suck my pride up. But you know, I've been punched out by position players before, and I just want to have one myself. <laughs> by the way, if you go out on the mound and don't make it about you, you're never invited back on the show. <laughs> just saying. I'll be very disappointed. Very disappointed. <laughs> I wouldn't be yeah, true to myself. That's it. That is true. Now, don't change your colors now, brother. Um, Kev, I, I, I read that there's uh, you started collecting gear and autographs from guys. And one of the first ones you got your rookie year was from your current teammate, Andrew McCutcheon. Um, I mean, so for, what? first of all, what did he sign for you? Just a baseball. Just a baseball in the sweet spot. So I was... My rookie year, Michael Kadire was was telling me about just the things that he would had gotten over the years from teammates of his and guys he's respected in the game and enjoyed playing against. Um, and I thought it was really neat. And we happened to be in Pittsburgh at the time, and I was very nervous and didn't know how really what to do. But I always respected McCutcheon and just you know everything that he had done. And I was like, what better person to start this whole thing off with than uh, ask McCutcheon for a ball? I don't even think I personally asked him. They just kind of asked the clubby or whoever to see if McCutcheon can send a ball, and they sent it over. And, you know, I asked him, and sure, shit, he did. And then from there, I just kind of kept going. And, um, you know, it's just a cool way to, I think, just, you know, I just respect the the peers and, and the guys I've played against and played with. And it's something that I've I've done now over the last uh, however many years it's been, and now I've I've got a good collection of bats at home, and and I've got uh, you know some some balls framed in in uh, some different frames um, in, in the house. So it's just a cool way to hopefully you know I'll look back one day and look at all the people I was able to play with and against, and hopefully my kids will be able to enjoy it as well. And um, it's just a fun way to kind of look back and say, oh, I got you know Buster Posey's autograph here, or I, I had uh, Molina sign this ball here. Or, um judge signed me about in 20 or you know whoever it's just different walks of the game over the last eight years it seemed to go by like that um but i'm able to look back at vince scully signed me a ball in la his last year in the booth um so it, it just different stuff that um you know over the years and it, it'll be cool to look back on it already is cool to kind of go back and and uh add to the collection after each year to you know put the put the new guys on the on the wall and and, and add the new bats that i'm able to put in the in the den so uh, it's come a long way, but McCutcheon was the first start, and thank God he sent that ball back, or else I might not have kept going with it. <laughs> I love it. That's good stuff. But listen, man, thanks for hanging out today. We really appreciate it. Obviously, you've made a tremendous name for yourself because, 
yeah, even on a certain broadcast, your your name is prominently displayed, even when another guy does hit a home run. Because believe it or not, <laughs> we actually found we found the clip. Robbie? Kevin Polek, or rather uh, Austin Hedges, I beg your pardon, <laughs> smashes one over the green monster, and it's two to nothing, Guardians. I'm, I love watching myself hit homers, and I hate this video. <laughs> oh, boy. I love it. That's all time. Now look at us. Full circle, kid. Full circle. Now look at us. It's awesome. I am, too. I'm, I love that I'm catching, too. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be. It was perfect. Yeah. Let, let, let's put that on a running loop in the Pirates Clubhouse uh, sometime next week, guys. It'll be awesome. Uh, Kev, best to you and your family. Stay healthy. Have a great 2023. And be careful next to my man, Hedges. you got to keep him in line, okay? All right. Sounds good. We'll keep each other in line. Love it. Uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Robbie Scirocco, and Kevin Ploiecki, and Austin Hedges, part of the best-looking catching tandem in the show, I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.